Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast and episode 339. I never give what episode this is, but I looked it up. Episode 339. We're going back to Psalm 143 to look again at the psalmist's prayer as he was feeling overwhelmed. Let's get started. Hello again. Nuggetologist, and welcome back to Pulpit to Pew Podcast. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're having a wonderful year. I'm having a great day today. Today is a bit of an emotional day on the recording day. I'm recording on January 31st. This is the day that my son, uh, Braden, was born, and he passed away five months later, uh, just out of the blue on a Friday afternoon on July 18th, 2008. I don't want to go into all of that right now, but um, but the boys and I got to go out on our first fishing trip today. We said, uh, hey, your big brother's in heaven, so let's go out and celebrate his earthly birthday, doing a little fishing, and uh, I told the boys this is not theologically correct, but I said, maybe he can get a hold of, the, uh, of Peter and he can give us a little good luck fishing when we go out today. And we caught nothing. But we had a blast. We had a good time. It was good to get back out there. The boys got to test some of their new fishing things. And so a day that is is an emotional day, uh, but it's it's good. And we're having a good time, and I'm thankful for that. So I want to come to you a few more moments here as I'm warming up for being outside and, and talk to you again about Psalm 143. We, we really last week looked at just a couple verses. We were looking at verse 4 when he says, the psalmist David says, Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me, and my heart within me is desolate. David was overwhelmed. And I understand why. He was running for his life. He was facing some difficult times. We, whether he was running from Absalom here or whether he was running from Saul here, he was running and that's not the the expectation he has as a young boy when he was anointed to be the next king. He didn't know that much of his life was going to be running for his life. And so he was overwhelmed. And as I said last week, I've talked a lot about this. And so really last week our thought was we have to get our mindset right. And our mindset needs to get back to uh, Christ. He's Last week, three words that we emphasized. He said, remember meditate and muse all deal with setting the mind i've talked before i did a lunchtime nugget a while back on the mind and how a mind is like a thermostat we need to set it we need to set our mind on christ and i really ended it there but uh, this week i wanted to kind of go back to this because after his mindset got changed I want you to see what it was changed to, but then listen to how his heart pours out. And just imagine, I mean, David, when you read these Psalms, David was probably alone somewhere in a cave, in a field, uh, underneath a juniper tree maybe. And he's writing from his heart. And he's already written the first few verses. He's just like, I'm overwhelmed. It's a lot. I sat down this week and I started to type into a journal that I have and I was saying, and I was basically saying, I didn't use the word overwhelmed, but I was saying I'm overwhelmed and I, and I can't, it wasn't overwhelmed with things. It was just, 
Um, it was other stuff, and I was just like, I'm overwhelmed right now. So I started writing out maybe what it was. And, and I just imagine David sitting down and just writing out what, what was going on in his life. But he goes on verse, verse 6, and I, and I like this verse. I almost just stopped here, but in verse 6 he says, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. I imagine that he's sitting there, and I picture him that he genuinely does have his hands just outstretched towards heaven. And it's a picture of humility, but it's a picture of dependence. I think about a baby. When a baby is young and they're learning to sit up or maybe they're just starting to walk and when they want their mom or they want their dad, what do they do? They stretch out those hands asking, pick me up, help me, hold me. And that's where David is. He says, I stretch forth my hands, total dependence upon you. I need you. He says, but here's this is all part of his pursuit. Like, And I in the longer message that I've done on this passage before, I talked about when you're feeling overwhelmed, we need to examine what are we pursuing. But I've boiled it down for these, uh, just for this podcast. But I really believe that David was learning that instead of pursuing freedom from his from the people that were chasing him, he just decided I need to pursue Christ. I need to pursue God. That's kind of where David got it, or not David, Paul got as well. If you think about it, remember when Paul had that thorn in his flesh. He prayed three times saying, God, will you take this? And then God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then what did, what did Paul start pursuing at that point? He just started pursuing the grace of God. He forgot about that thorn. Now, he didn't actually forget about it. It was probably still painful. But he just started to pursue the grace of God. And that's what David's doing here. He said, he admitted, I'm overwhelmed but my hands are stretched to you. And then he said, I'm going to pursue you. And that's what our theme at our church has been. That's what the theme of Hebrews is that we're teaching on Sundays. That's what the theme so far at the beginning, really this podcast and nuggetology and the, the newsletters were gleaning wisdom, but it comes from Christ. We're saying, hey, we've got to get back to pursuing Jesus Christ. Say so we have an upcoming election and things are going to be hectic. Yeah, so let's pursue Christ. See, well, I'm in a lot of stress right now with my family. Everything's going on. Yeah, so let's pursue Christ. Say, how does that make any sense? Because Christ is the only one that can make sense out of a mess. And so he says, I'm stretching forth my hands. He says, my soul thirsteth after thee. This is this shows again that dependence. It's not just something It's casual. His soul is thirsting after this. I mean, he is... God, I've got to have this. I've never been in a situation where I've been so thirsty that I was about to die. I don't think anyone listening to this podcast has in America. But you can imagine the desperation for someone that is thirsting. And that's the word he uses. And he says, I am my soul, the inner part of me is thirsting to know God. He says, as a thirsty land. Anytime I see that phrase in the Old Testament, I think about Africa when it's so dry and in the dry seasons and just any bit of water, the animals are all going to this little puddle. I mean, you've got you've got anywhere from like what the crocodiles to the lions, you got the the, the chimpanzee, whatever they are. The, I'm going to say once someone someone out there is an expert going to be like, yeah, those aren't in Africa. OK, you know what I mean? They all just go to this one little puddle because that the ground is so 
thirsty. It's, there's nothing. It's desperation. That's what he's saying here. He said, God, I'm reaching out to you. And then he goes in verse 7, he says, Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. He said, I'm starting to fail. It's getting rough. He says, Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. It's interesting, hide not thy face. That terminology like the hand of God or the face of God was used quite often in these ancient times. And it just meant, God, we I need to know your presence. God, if you're with me, if you're with me, then I'm fine. I was just thinking of David when I said that. That's Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, I ride on thy staff. You know, David understood there that the Lord's his shepherd. And he's going to go through some valleys, but as long as he had the face of God with him, as long as he had the presence of God, you know, God, you say, well, God's everywhere present. He is, yes. But his presence today is not absent at any time, but we can sense that it is when we're out of fellowship with God. And so he said, God, I need your presence. He said, lest I be likened to them to go down in the pit. He says, God, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. In thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. I love that phrase. So, God, I just need to know what path to take. And sometimes maybe that's where you are. You're just like, I'm in a situation where I don't know what to do. And you feel overwhelmed because you don't know how to handle a certain situation. And so this prayer was simply said, God, show me the path. Direct my steps here, God. And that's a prayer that God answers over and over again in the Bible. That's a prayer that he's promised to answer. So he said, direct me. And then as he's directing, he says, deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. God, I need your protection. He's pursuing the protection of God. He's not trying to come up with some elaborate plan of his own, though at times God's will may call for that. But he's saying, God, I ultimately am dependent upon you. I need your protection, God, he says. And then he says, this is a neat phrase I like too. Verse 10, teach me to do thy will. So a minute ago, he says, show me the path. Show me your will. Show me your path. But then here he says, teach me to do thy will. Because there's a lot of times what you'll find is when God gives you his will, you have no idea what you're doing. You say, God, you want me to do this. I sense that this is what you want me to do. But I don't know what I'm doing. And so that's where this prayer comes in. Teach me to do thy will. You know, God has a way of putting people around us that help us to become and to do what God wants us to do. He has a way of putting a sermon on a pastor's heart. He has a way of putting a lesson on that Sunday school teacher's uh, agenda. He has a way of putting a book in front of you that you read and you're like, this is exactly what I needed. How does God do that? Well, because he's sovereign. And God will teach us to do his will. All we have to do is trust. And that's what he's done here. I love that first phrase that I've said, stretch forth my hands into the, this whole, everything else that's followed was, it's like David pouring this out with those hands stretched out saying, God, here it is. I need your protection. I need your presence. I need your path. I need you to teach me how to go down that path. And he says, Lord, thou art God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. God, you're going to have to lead me. Even if I know, even if you teach me, I still need you to lead me. 
And then in verse 11, he says, quicken me. That's the idea of God, revive me. I need revival. God, you're going to have to, I'm, I'm overwhelmed still, God. So you're going to have to do this. And he says, quicken me, O Lord. Now, stop. I, I stopped reading there this week because I was kind of looking over this psalm to continue teaching it this week. And this thought came to my mind afterwards. Okay, afterwards it came to my mind. Yeah, but what about your enemies? Because if you choose to pursue God, pursue Christ, and, and, and then does your enemies just get a free pass? I mean, do they just get to do whatever they want then? And you just have to keep saying, well, I'm pursuing Christ. What about the enemies? Well, this last verse, he says this, and of thy mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all of them that afflict my soul for I am thy servant. Now I'm not saying you should pray this against your kids if they're acting up or against your mom or dad if they didn't get you the Christmas gift you liked. Okay, this is David was in a very serious situation, but here's the point that I'm trying to make. Leave it up to God. God can handle it. God can work this out. And if they never get the vengeance that you think they deserve on this earth, it's going to be okay. Because when you get to heaven, you're not going to care. And so David says, God, my hands are stretched forth. And I believe he genuinely had his hands stretched forth. And has there ever been a time in your life when you've just totally, and maybe even you need to stretch forth your hands as a symbol, as a picture. Now, if you're driving, probably not. But maybe just turn the palms up. Don't say you have to do this. But sometime, just get away. Just lift your hands up to God and say, God, here's my problems. I love picture type things. Sometimes, not as definitely not as much in the winter, but there's times in the summer and when I'm alone or if I can be, I'll walk out in the woods and sometimes I'll spend some time in prayer there. And sometimes I'll just look around at the quietness in God's creation. Sometimes I'll lift my hands there and do that. To me, I, it's, I'm, I am very weird if you ever got into my mind some. I mean, but I, I like those picture-like things. I like doing that. I do like sometimes when we pray on our knees. I never, I remember I've never really got down on my knees to pray before. And I remember the first time I kind of met Chris Chavez and he's like, let's pray together. And I'm like, okay. Then he just got down on his knees to pray. I'm like, all right, so we're going to get down on our knees to pray. But it was, a, it was good. It was, it was, it's a, it's a, it's a step in our heads. Like, Hey, this is serious. This isn't just casual. This we're serious about this. I stretched forth my hands. God, I desperately need you. And so whether or not you're feeling overwhelmed, uh, maybe you're just going through some things, or maybe you will. I hope that your pursuit will be Christ, because he is the one that can remedy the situation, give mercy in the situation, direct your path in the situation. Uh, he is the one that gets vengeance in situations, not us. That's when we take, when we take things in our own hands, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. And so, David said, I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul thirsteth after thee. Psalm 143, 6. I love that verse. That is the nugget for this week. And I hope it's a help to you. Speaking of nuggets, um, I have been enjoying. I, I, I actually, 
If you want to stop the podcast, you can. All the teaching's done. Okay. I'm about wrapped up, but I, I, I was struggling at the end of last year to kind of figure out the right, what to write. I loved the idea of this newsletter and writing, but I was struggling with it. And so I started up Substack and I was like, Substack's going to be the answer to everything because then I can just write about whatever I want in Substack. And then I know I can just write about Bible stuff here. Well, now I'm enjoying writing these nuggets so much. I don't even write on Substack. I don't even think about that. And so I hope that you will get involved in it. It's always good. Here's why I look. Am I the best writer? No. Am I the best thoughts? No. I mean, this is like amateur hour if you want to follow my, my, my newsletter. But here's what I'm saying. Get something that encourages you. There's so much negativity out there. There is so much negativity out there. I mean, there's, there's just so much negativity out there. I don't even like social media anymore. I just made a post about me and my boys fishing, but I hate social media now. I got on Twitter this week and I saw that one pastor who's a godly man said some things in a very gracious way and he got canceled by other pastors. Other pastors, other churches got his radio station canceled because he took a gracious approach to something. It's just frustrating. There's a lot of negativity, even among church people. So why do a nuggetology? Well, it helps me. But if you sign up for it, it comes into your inbox and it's something that's going to be positive in in an hour, in a time when a lot of things are negative. And so go to pulpit-pew and uh, we're actually at like 97 people and we're getting close to 100. It'd be awesome if we hit 100. Um, Not everybody opens them, but um, there's several of you do and I appreciate that. I hope it's an encouragement to you. And so that's about it. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm just kind of been thinking about uh, my, my son, Braden. Thankful for, you know, he's, I do believe he's in the presence of God. He's in heaven and I'll see him again one day. But boy, if you have the answer, what does a 16 year old boy do in heaven? (laughs) I just think, think about that. Uh, I could talk for hours about that. Sometimes you're like, you know, you know, when you're, I'll just keep talking. Why not? You can turn this podcast off anytime, but you know how, like, if you don't have your kid, you panic. And sometimes it there's a weird feeling that I get like my son is in heaven and he's lost. He doesn't have his dad. He doesn't have his mom. He he's he's going to be scared. He's going to be lost. He's going to be confused. And it's it's such a foolish thought because I mean, God's there. And I think he's going to be okay. But it's just a weird, I think, I don't know if it's just a parent thing. It's just, it feels weird. But um, a 16-year-old boy wandering around heaven, but he gets to see the beauty of it while while I'm down here. I guess he's got some grandparents up there to take care of him for sure. Um, I know my, you know, I've got two grandmas up there that I think can line him out really quick if he, if he, he got out of line. So, I don't know. I'm just reminiscing a little bit at the end of this podcast because... Um, because God has been good, even through these difficult times, and I miss him, but I'm thankful that he's in heaven. And if ever you feel like, you know what, I'm just overwhelmed, stretch forth those hands and cry out to God who loves you and cares for you. All right, I should probably scrap all that at the end there. I got a little sidetracked, but I like leaving it in. If you kept listening to this end, you're a faithful follower of the podcast 
and I appreciate you. Have a great week. We'll be back a lot more organized on Sunday as we discuss Hebrews chapter number two, starting in verse one. I am looking forward to that. Have a wonderful week.